0: Welcome back to the Unbelievable Podcast. I am B.J. Adel, back here with my guy, Drew Mahold. And today, we are talking about a devastating week one performance by the Minnesota Vikings. Your Minnesota Vikings came out a little bit flat to open the season against the Green Bay Packers and subsequently went down 43-34 to 34 and now stand at 0-1, tied with the Detroit Lions at the back end of the division through one game. I know that's all very important through one game and we shouldn't, we shouldn't freak out too much, but there were some questionable things and some issues that may become more and more apparent as the season goes on. And our goal here today is to go into that kind of stuff. So Drew and I will be, uh, breaking down the Vikings loss to the Packers to the best of our ability. Um, take a look at some aspects that were specifically concerning. Um, and also talk about the ways that, you know, the team can potentially turn this around and, you know, not have this become a, you know, a six and tens, uh, keeping in mind, of course, we are only through one week. So um, that's the game plan for today's show. Uh, So let's just jump right into it here. Uh, So as you guys are all aware, the Vikings ultimately dropped this one, 43 to 34. The final score was not really um, a good, uh, (laughs) uh, It was not. It's not exactly what the game looked like. Let's just mm-hmm. put it that way. Um, ultimately, the Vikings were able to put up about 24 points um, in you, what you could argue could t- to be garbage time in the fourth quarter. I mean, the Packers were playing lax defense basically for the last 15 minutes of the game. Ultimately, they got shelled. That's 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 what happened yesterday. Aaron Rodgers threw the ball over the field. Um, I believe Devontae Adams had a team record for receptions with 14. And t- and put that next to 156 yards and a couple of touchdowns. Um, Vikings didn't allow, excuse me, the Vikings didn't get an interception. They didn't get a fumble recovery and they didn't get a sack. Um, nothing was good about the defense. So let's start there. Why don't we?
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh,
0: tell me about your first impression of the 2020 Vikings defense.
1: Well, first impression that sucked. Uh, that's there's no way around that. And I remember the quote from Mike Zimmer sometime in the preseason or the training camp. I believe, um, something along the lines of, like he said, I've never had a bad defense. And so I don't expect that to change something like that. And, uh, you know, put that on the uh, old takes exposed Twitter account, right? Because, uh, so far that's not looking too great. Uh, I, I, of course I started the Vikings defense in a couple of fancy leagues yesterday. So big fat zero right there I actually have n- negative points in one of them. So, um, but yeah, that's, uh, I, we kind of figured there would be some growing pains at cornerback. Right. Um, so I'm not at that surprised by, you know, what seemed like easy completions to a, a ton of them to Devonte Adams. Uh, some of them to like Valdez scaling. Now those deep balls, by the way that Rogers threw, I don't think there's any defense for a couple of those. So there's to his credit, you know, the Rodgers has, you know, kind of declined, so to speak the last couple of years, but those throws were dynamite. So I've got to give him credit there, but I, what I still don't understand, and I, I I would like an answer to this. I haven't found one. is why the Vikings continue to play that cushioned man coverage on third and medium situations, third and short. And then the you know Packers over and over in those scenarios hit that quick out route for 8 to 10 yards. And it, it did not seem like any type of stress was needed for Aaron Rodgers on those plays. So that's kind of, I mean, I understand the growing pains at cornerback. That's the one thing I would change: is get up in their face and make it a little more difficult, and make them think about it. Uh, but then, the ultimate number one uh, kind of frustrating factor for me was no pressure at all from Yannick Ngakwe or Ifadi Denebo. Nice. Now, Ngakwe hadn't been doing much in, in, in Jacksonville, uh, in, in you know, practicing in, in training camp and whatnot, and um, so that's a, somewhat of that. Some of that is excused. Odenebo kind of building up this hype, clearly, uh, you know, hinting at his frustration through social media accounts about the trade in foreign Gakaway. You kind of have to perform right when you do that. And, you know, the Vikings clearly missed Everson Griffin and Daniel Hunter because of that. Uh, De- Rogers had all day to throw, uh, was pressured only a few times in that game. And uh, that's, you know, really, those are the two spots that I noticed there was a big problem. Uh, Cause that's, where the Packers just absolutely destroyed the Vikings. It was just quick, easy completions. Rodgers was stress free all day, had all, all the time in the world. And, uh, so the Vikings got owned specifically on the pass rush and then offline scrimmage at the, uh, defensive backs.
0: So I think you hit on the three biggest factors for the Vikings loss yesterday, right? Um, now, of course, it's a team game. You can argue a million different things. What went into this? You know, if this could have happened, this could have happened. Things would have changed this way. I'm not trying to get into butterfly effect with you. I'm trying to say that there are three things that I really blame this loss on. I think you hit on all three of them. Number one is Mike Zimmer. Okay. Um, first of all, you're the head coach. You automatically are going to take the blame no matter what. But there is a very, very like pertinent reason as to why it's Zimmer's fault. And that's the issue with the coverage that you were talking about. If you're if you're Aaron Rodgers and you can throw that eight yard, probably an eight yard out, basically like with a flick of your wrist, you have to get up in their face on third and six or less. You have to. There isn't like there's there isn't an excuse. okay I'll say this. There's an excuse for having that issue early in the game. Right. You don't know what to expect. You're not assuming that Devontae Adams is going to be running these short patterns because one, you don't have a ton of experience with Matt LaFleur. And two, it's a completely different season with new playmakers. Now, the issue for sure is then there's no late-game adjustments. The specific out route that I believe that is kind of playing in your mind when you were talking about the Devontae Adams one on Holton Hill, I believe that one occurred late in the third quarter. That should not be happening. Like, once you've seen it happen to you, what, eight times by Devontae Adams alone? And this is keeping in mind, too, that that Marquez Valdez-Scantling can't even catch the ball half the time. the the vikings could have saw that on that one drop
1: i think that is that the only time they punted was Was that two uh, big drops that drop yeah i think that was the only time they punted was that one on third medium where he was nobody within 10 yards of him and he just dropped that little drag route uh dad that was i mean the packers receivers did not so the the route that about the scantling really won was against dancer down the sideline for that touchdown um and dancer said kind of after the game that you know I should have been in his face more been more physical at the line he and also that's something was there that
0: for that play right. by the way that's like, what he i'm was saying like, he's he, in good
1: position he, he was in good position um, so i like it, there's i don't want to say progress but there is signs you know that it'll turn into something and i think i agree this group will be a lot better next year uh, but i i now i there might be a reason for playing the cushion in those third and medium situations I don't know what it is, uh, but like, I wonder how much that I mean, is. The I feel like that has backs, to be
0: an adjustment. That has to be right. an adjustment.
1: I don't know. I, I, yeah, it has to be right. Cause I, I, don't, I don't have a reasoning for one way or the other. Like do the cornerbacks play off because that's what they're told to do or do they, is that their own decision to play off? Like, I don't, I, I don't know what that is. And maybe Zimmer is telling them or the, the, you know, the uh, code events coordinators, Adam Zimmer and, uh, Andre Patterson or ho- whoever is in charge of the call ultimately is maybe they're saying get up on the line. And scrimmage, and they're just not, I don't know. We don't know that, uh, but something has to give. Cause how many times can you get beat on that for a first down uh, right. over and over in the game and just keep letting it happen? I, I am. How much do you even put on the corners
0: in that situation when you're set up to fail? That's a coaching problem. So that to me, whether whether Mike Zimmer was telling them to do it and they were simply ignoring it or whether Mike Zimmer was calling plays that were not, uh, in hindsight, I should say, not correct, that's on him, right? We got to hand him some piece of that pie of blame. The other two pieces are, like you said, the coverage, obviously. I mean, every single person in Minnesota knows the Vikings have a coverage issue at this point. But the, re- I mean, the real thing that was like very concerning was what you brought up with Ngakwe. He got zero pressure. Like, I'm talking nothing. And there was a couple of times where he was getting bullied. Like, it was – it was he was there getting – the, uh, the
1: the one snapper Rodgers had literally all day. I think he took seven or eight seconds. And it was against Bakhtiari, but Bakhtiari handled him easily. Like, the, all the – like, I think there was a four-man rush. And you know how uh, it was a – you know, across the board, there's, a, I think, an extra offensive lineman there to maybe help out with someone that does get, you know, past the initial blocker, right? Uh, but Bakhtiari held Ngakwe there for – eight seconds on an Island. And uh, that's the type of thing. Now, black is an elite left tackle, Um, but you trade a guy or trade for a guy and sign him for twelve million dollars million. You're going to expect him after eight seconds of time there to get to the quarterback, to make a move there and get after him. So
0: how much, um, how much within guy So obviously I'm, I'm going to shit on him today because he was terrible. Right. But how much is warranted? Right. The guy that he's been in the the organization for, we don't
1: know the situation. So like how, like I don't know how long it takes to get acclimated to a new defense. I have no idea. And I will never know. I don't know how long or or how much of camp preseason workout he was doing in Jacksonville prior expecting that he was going to be. So is it ultimately zero? So then uh, that's another part of this too, is how much football shape is he in? How ready for game is he? How much, you know, how much time has he spent in pads hitting people like that's the thing. And maybe we shouldn't have expected him to even play. Like maybe he should have just sat out, done the Santa Bradford in 2016 um, and uh, you know, come in strong week two. So, uh, but o- Odenable, I'm very disappointed in, uh, I will say that. I- I, There's a
0: difference in snaps there too, just for what it's worth. I'm looking at the the pro football focus figures just because yeah. i know that just for a reference standpoint everyone loves kind of like that hard number so denigbo's overall defensive grade was 45.2 and Gakway's was 42.5 to put that in perspective for those of you who are not super familiar with pff that's very bad that's substandard <laughs> by a wide margin right uh um, but to yeah, give you so I, if
1: post- I, if I, there's a they have sort of a scale right like what is good i think i think 90 plus is elite like 80 is above average or a solid or something I think 60 is supposed to be average or 60 to 70, something like that. 60 would be 60 would
0: put you in the yellow on their standard, So that would be kind of like the middle ground green is between 60. I think I believe it's like, it's in the mid sixties to the to the upper middle seventies. And then you get into that blue, which is the elite grade. And I believe that's just 90 and above. Um, So just across the board relative to the rest of the league, Odenigbo and, uh, and Gakwe are pr- pretty close to the very bottom, definitely yeah. at the at the absolute bottom for a, comp- for a combination of two pass rushers, which is unacceptable. So Odenigbo played 60 snaps, and Gakwe paid 44, uh, and you got nothing out of both both those guys. That's simply unacceptable.
1: Uh, I mean, Shamar Stefan leads the Vikings with, uh, quarterback pressures this year so there you go i think there's the uh you know i think he got two of them and I, I, there' can't, there couldn't have been many other players that got one because rodgers was not pressured more than a handful of times in that game so uh that's i you know that's the really that's the two big things that i mean the the if you're what we've learned is that if those two positions the pass rushing and then cornerback you know we've talked all off season about how important those positions are if those two positions are hurting the rest of your defense no matter how star power is is there it doesn't matter you know harrison smith can cannot be all over the field at once eric kendricks cannot be all over the field at once uh he gets pretty court, close though he can get pretty close or a couple times where he made some sick plays for on, what it's uh, worth he did have an
0: 88 laps. coverage grade which is elite by yes. pff yes standards. but like
1: how much that mattered i mean his team exactly. gave up 40 exactly. plus points uh and then you know really it, to me it's that all that comes together on those third down plays, where the Packers, you know, one of the reasons I took the under on Rodgers' passing yards is because you know, a Zimmer has kind of control, like kept him in check in recent games. But b I did not expect the Packers had the ball the entire game, and Vikings just kept allowing third down conversion after third down conversion with that little out route, and it seemed like half the time. And so something's got to Something you would have thought at halftime would have been changed, and nothing was really changed there. So. Um, I don't know. And that's, and it's tough. It's yeah, on the flip side of, we're going to probably talk about the offense here too, but it's flip. It's tough to even assess the offense because almost half the game, if not more than that was garbage time. So, and then the fact in the first half, the, the Packers so dominated time and possession that the Vikings had, I think like three possessions of the ball, um, five
0: passes in the first half for yeah, cousins. He had five
1: passes. One was that really bad interception. Uh, and then you had the safety that, uh, by the way, it was a great, great play by Jair Alexander. From the sounds of it, he kind of improvised on that and saw that um, he got a cue that it was either long play, long developing play action, or it was going to be a run. So he just bolted for the ball. So that was, you know, great play by him. And that, you, as a Viking, you know, with the Vikings, you can't really do anything about that. But anyway, there's, I, I don't even want to assess the Vikings' offense because I think the defense and how poor it was, especially on third down, really was the difference in this game. I don't think that, I mean, uh, I kind not want to assess garbage time. And that's what the second half turned into.
0: You're right. The, the other piece with this defense, by the way, is that is the tackling. And that's kind of the, the one element here where I'm not concerned as a result. Right. Because the tack, like tackling was going to be a problem in week one for pretty much everyone. It was a problem for if you watched the NFL yesterday, a lot of gross yeah. football.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, I, w- I will add that. I think. I saw somebody say this yesterday too, but 2011 during the lockout year, the first few weeks of the year, terrible defense as well. So it's one of those where, in a shortened off season or whatever the case may be, tackling defense seems to be hurt more than offense.
0: Okay, so this is also kind of worth pointing out, I suppose. The guy, the f- five worst coverage, or excuse me, the five worst tacklers for the Vikings yesterday. Cameron Dantzler, a rookie at 37.9, Eddie Yarborough, uh, I believe he's a second year player, but very limited playing time at 26.5, Holton Hill at 41.7, uh, Jalen Holmes at 26.1, both those guys being second year players and first year big time play, you know, in terms of playing snaps. And then Eric Wilson randomly just decided not to show up and not tackle for like the first time in his entire career with a grade of 31. So we look at these four issues, right, that we've elaborated on. We got Mike Zimmer, which a lot of you guys already think is you know, the principal issue, as it is. Um, you've got the coverage, which is pretty obvious. I think we are all expecting some growing pains. We didn't necessarily expect it to look like four touchdowns and 364 passing yards. But yeah. I think a lot of us expected that that was not going to be good. Uh, then you got the, the pass rush, which is going to be missing Daniel Hunter for at least two more weeks. Like, this isn't good. There's, there's no immediate improvement coming here. These two guys that are playing right now, they both need to get better. And then you get the tackling issue. So from ranking those four things that made this for essentially those four issues right there kind of created the time of possession disparity. Yeah. Right. And the inability for the Vikings offense to sustain drives only added to that. Right. Right. I mean, it was one
1: it was one three and out the Vikings had really right. There was the one three and out. And then they got that stop on the goal line, which credit to the Vikings defense. But then things kind of turned out safety and handed the ball back. Right right. The safety at that bad field position with the great play by Alexander really turned things around plus the interception. So it kind of that second quarter really sort of things moved quickly for the Vikings. And, uh, but moving forward, that pass rush, I think is going to be the big thing, right? Because I would agree, you I know, think. last year, I think this defense somewhat got accustomed to playing without that shutdown cornerback, you know, uh, caliber play um, from the cornerbacks. Right. And, you came. You overcame that with a good pass rush. Griffin and Hunter were the, probably the most efficient duo pass rushing in the league last year. The Smiths and Green Bay would have something to say about that. There's a couple other duos as well. But uh, Hunter and Griffin were awesome. And the Vikings will not have Griffin all year, will not have Hunter for at least three games. You have to make up for that somehow. And I don't know if maybe I think Arif Hassan pointed out that the Vikings in neutral – uh, situations, right? Like not garbage time. The Vikings did blitz more. to to be trying make up for that, but they got to figure something out because Odenipo didn't get home at all. And Gakwe didn't get home at all. These guys, there was hardly any pressure on Aaron Rodgers. And that's just a bad recipe against that quarterback. So I don't know what the plan is in the future. I don't expect anything to get much better with the cornerback position just because of lack of depth, the youth. Uh, it reminds me last year of the court, the Cowboys game, the Vikings somehow got away with a win there due to some terrible game management by Jason Garrett um, at the end there. But, you know, the Vikings did not play a like lot good quarterbacks last year. And that maybe has, you know, affected our perception of this defense. Uh, you know, you, you played David Blau and Chase Daniel and Matt Moore, who, by the way, the last two, they actually lost to. Um, you play against some of these quarterbacks that can maybe change your perception of the team. Uh, you know, and so... Maybe you know this this slate for the Vikings this year. There's a lot of good quarterbacks on that schedule, Aaron Rodgers being one of them. Uh, so I I I am not optimistic. I kind of figured something like this was possible. I didn't expect 43 points to be scored clearly, uh, but this is not promising for sure.
0: 522 total yards, by the way. That uh, by I believe don't quote me on yeah. this because I have not fact checked it, but I believe that's the most allowed yeah, in our that- era. It so. is
1: it is second most because the other one is um, Rams twenty eighteen, ah, Jared, okay. with the, the Jared Goff game. So and that's <laughs> the other that's the other way to kind of spin this positively is when Mike Zimmer gets freaking owned like that, it doesn't happen twice in a row. So that's a good point. That's uh that's one way to, to spin it right. So I think uh, the other game is that Rams game and they bounce back against the Eagles the next week. The other one I thought of was Seattle twenty fifteen. Uh, the next week they went to Arizona on Thursday night and almost got a win when they had almost all their guys hurt. So that's uh, my weird memory coming into play here. So,
0: <laughs> All right. So I think we can all agree that this one's on the Vikings defense. But of course, this is a team game and the Vikings offense did contribute to uh, the mostly mediocre play up until what you want to consider to be garbage time. Obviously, that's a little bit subjective. I know that there's. Yeah. You know objective objective figures to determine a neutral field, but it certainly felt like garbage time like what, five, ten minutes into the third quarter, and that's really when the Vikings offense turned it on. So keeping in mind what you said before, that we're kind of evaluating garbage time here. you you don't get a truly good perspective of where the Vikings offense stands. For example, Kirk Cousins is ra- rated as the number six quarterback right now in the NFL according to PFF. And again, take what take PFF grades for what you want, but they're a pretty good baseline. And Kirk Cousins did not play the football of the number six NFL quarterback yesterday, straight up. So small sample size, a lot of contributing factors here, but there are some things to like, right? Like Adam Thielen being healthy for an entire football game. What he <laughs> he caught what eight passes, I believe, for 111 yards.
1: It was, was a lot. It open. was. Yeah, he
0: was. And beating that's... their best guys. I mean, he was running excellent routes. He was on the inside and the outside. He was doing all the things that we got excited about. You know, when they traded digs, we all said Adam Thielen needs to do this, this, this and that. And then we can make up for it with another, you know, a rookie wide receiver like Justin Jefferson or old B.C. Johnson. Adam Thielen did that yesterday.
1: Yes, he did. Uh, that was it was that's a you know another positive to look at. Adam Thielen is still there. He can be the number one, and he showed up with Diggs not there, which is something I was a little bit concerned about. Um, is that Thielen's production in the past with Diggs hurt? You know, for whatever reason, Diggs may have been hurt. Um, is that Thielen's production has dropped quite a bit in the past? And uh, now we're off to a good start there. Now again, those two long touchdowns were garbage time, um, but. No, there's something to be said there about him being, you know, there's a lot of trust there between Kirk and Thielen. I, I fully believe that. Um, I think really offensively, I just go to a couple of plays that really changed the whole thing. And that interception by Kirk is absolutely one of them. Cause that, that handed the Packers uh, seven points before halftime. Um, you had the, of course, the safety where, uh, you know, Jair kind of guessed that that's just a, a great play by Jair. I don't know. Maybe you can argue at the pl- the play call doing a long developing play action play inside That's your own five. That's uh, questionable. But uh, you know, also don't anticipate the cornerback just completely breaking off his assignment to go after the quarterback there. So and then um, so you got those two plays. Um, you know, and the I'm trying to think I just had a third one in mind and I already forgot it. So I, I don't know what it was uh, right now, but I will i am I'm gonna add this to Kirk Cousins, is a scrambler that's another positive spin to this, but, uh, I don't know. There's, I, I don't want to assess too much of this because there was so much of garbage time that I don't even want to take, take it too seriously. How,
0: so how much can you take away from the fact that other than Adam Thielen, the rest of the Vikings offensive, you know, their studs, if you will, pretty quiet for the most part. I mean, Dalvin cook, of course, scored, um, what's the opening drive or the second yep. drive. Um, and then later had a second touchdown as well. And he had, you know, a couple sizable gains, but no, no breakaway, you know, Dalvin cook running, you know, away from the defense in this game. Um, BC Johnson had a couple nice catches, you know, one very significant one downfield. But other than that, I mean, what Kyle Rudolph had the one significant catch and then the garbage time catch, Justin Jefferson. I mean, you, if you blinked, you didn't see him on the field at all. Irv Smith had one catch for 11 yards. I mean, all these guys that I think most of us were expecting at the very least to get more volume out there. Um, And as it, you know, as you worry would then, you know, transfer to being production. Right. Um, But other than Adam Thielen, no one really jumps out at you. Now, some of this is what we've been talking about, where the offense wasn't able to get in any sort of rhythm. And it's basically impossible to evaluate any sort of future performance based off it, because this was just a, an outlier, if you will, especially in the first half. Five passes, five. That does, that's yeah. not going to happen again probably this season and maybe not for a while. So it's, it's a difficult to evaluate the overall volume numbers of this team. But I think as a whole, other than Adam Thielen, you have to be somewhat disappointed that you didn't get much from your playmakers with the exception to the sh- two short touchdown that Cook scored.
1: Well, I think No, I, was, I thought I saw a lot of people saying like the offensive line is bad or, or this and that. I didn't think so. Uh, I didn't either. I, I thought the offensive line was solid. You know, the Alexander safety is just I don't know if I blame that on the offensive line. Now, there may have been a missed assignment. I'm not in the locker room to speak on that. But the uh, the run it seemed to me like the rushing the running game was efficient. You know, Alexander Madison had some large carries in there. Dalvin was just fine. Um, I think really you add in you have the interception, uh, you have uh, the safety, and then you have that fourth and three. That's the this is the third play I was trying to remember. The fourth and three where they threw it down the field. Tajay Sharp
0: uh-huh. when
1: on the other oh, side of the God. field on the other side of the field. Adam Thielen is a single coverage. Like those three plays to me are just like everything besides that was pretty darn solid. I think offensively, it was just right, those two right, I didn't like.
0: We got to talk about that one play. Cause that was the dumbest play call ever, especially for the situation too. Right. So of course, don't throw the ball 40 yards downfield when you only need three yards. Right. Yeah. Like, of course, for sure. Secondly, don't make that your first read for sure. Right. That's the only way where- place. Cook looked, or excuse me, Cousins looked thirdly, don't even call that play in that situation. You need to get the offense on the, you need to keep them on the field. Like I, I was so, I was so pissed about that one play. I was.
1: Yeah. And I can, it's, you're still pissed.
0: I am because it's so ridiculous, especially if Gary Kubiak too, like how many times has this dude ran it for a first down on third and short? Like I would have had less of a problem with that than throwing it 40 yards downfield into. I mean, I think there was safety. The safety had gone over to the other side of the field. So you're throwing single coverage to a guy who's, Barely six feet, probably well, smaller ta- than that.
1: Yeah, that's, the thing about that is Taj had played like z- uh, virtually almost no snaps in that game. And so you throw him out there. It, re- it was reminiscent of Aldrick Robinson before I like before he became a factor in the Vikings offense at 2018. Right. You just throw him down the field and throw him deep. But it's not like Tajay Sharp is some deep round specialist. And so I don't know, it, that was that was concerning. Uh, I didn't like I didn't love that. And I like I said, I or like you said, I would have preferred. Little draw play for Dalvin or something like that on fourth and three because it seems like that's more likely to be picked up than Tajay Sharp forty yards down the field trying to make a catch
0: or just slants run four wide receivers and you know a couple curls and a couple slants someone's probably going to be open against I mean their secondary is not any good either I don't get it okay we'll get off of that one uh, I want to go back to the offensive line because I do think what you said before about the offensive line taking a lot of heat when they weren't as bad as I think people. The general People public. like to
1: use Moscow Golden and, and most of the time it's it's deserved. But uh, I think Riley Reef didn't allow pressure. I think O'Neill allowed one sack uh early on and then was pretty solid. Yep. Uh, I think Bradbury was a lot better than most of the games last season. I think Elfline mm-hmm. was really the guy that the the one poor performer, if I remember looking at like trying to remember some of the pressures that were allowed. I think Elfline was uh kind of the the culprit for most of them. But other than that, I think the rest of the The unit was pretty solid.
0: So you've got, according to PFF, right? So take it for whatever you will. Uh, Brian O'Neill is in the good range. You've got Garrett Bradbury, Riley Reeve, and Pat Elfline in the average range to like very close to the subpar range. And then you've got Dakota Dozier at completely unacceptable range, but his pass blocking is good. Now, what's interesting here, and I think this confirms what I thought I was seeing on TV, it was not the offensive line, it was the guy assigned to pick up that extra rusher coming off the edge, right? So we talked about in the pregame show, that they're going to run a 3-4, right? The offensive, the front five is in charge of not just those three guys up front, but also a pass rusher that's going to come off the edge. It's probably going to be Zadarius Smith or Preston Smith. It was Zadarius Smith more often than not yesterday, and the guy who was in charge of picking him up sucked every single time yesterday, Okay. Alexander Madison, 26.9 pass blocking rate, right? That's really not good. Kyle Rudolph, 29. Dalvin Cook, 31. Uh, Those are your three primary guys who are picking up blitzers or, you know, in a 3-4 scheme, not even necessarily a blitzer, just a guy that's got his hand in the dirt that you weren't expecting to be there when he, you know, came to the line of scrimmage. Anyways, the offensive line was fine. It wasn't good. Like I mean, I'm excited about what the Vikings offensive line did yesterday. I am a little bit excited about what Garrett Bradbury did just because he set the bar so low last year on a couple occasions. So it's nice to see the pass blocking numbers go up, especially because generally when you see a jump in pass, per, pass blocking performance, it probably means that they added some beef. To their like to their body. They're not getting bull rushed as much, which of course is something that mm-hmm. we've liked we would like to see from Garrett Bradbury coming in as a you know a bit of an undersized interior offensive lineman. So the offensive line was eh, but it was the guys that were in charge of backing up the offensive line that really were the problem. And that's on you know, I know we didn't give Dalvin Cook sixty three million dollars. Well, we. I know the Vikings didn't give Dalvin Cook sixty three million dollars to pass block. But if you're gonna get paid that big money, you're expected to be all-purpose, right? He was not all-purpose yesterday, and you know, is it is it? Am I wrong to criticize Dalvin Cook for doing anything other than, you know, uh, running the football? Because during the Adrian Peterson era, I mean, we seem to turn a blind eye to his inability to catch the ball and his inability
1: to. Yeah, that the was. It, now I don't
0: I, want to do that with Dalvin Cook too. I'm not. I'm not going to do that.
1: Right. He, he I, I pretty- think. I, well, I was too young to even, like, in actual – in Peterson's prime, right? Like, you know, the 2000s, like, early 2010s, uh, in his prime, I didn't even, like, understand the game enough to be like, well, that was a bad pass-blocking rep, right? you know? Right. But then as I got into, you know, Peterson's last couple of years in Minnesota, like 2015 specifically, like, you know, that was when he won the rushing title. And you saw, you know, he got all those carries because North Turner force-fed him, right? Um, but it was awful watching him try and block, and which is why he had to be pulled out of the game on third down so often. Um, and why he, you know, throughout his career, if you think about it and you watch past games, it's it happened all the time. He was pulled out of the game on third down because he couldn't catch the ball reliably and he couldn't block. Uh, I don't know. Now, Dalvin is a, a receiver, you know, far and away a better receiver than Adrian Peterson ever was. Um, the pass protection thing is yet to be seen. And there are few running backs that are actually good at all three of those things, um, you know, receiving, pass blocking, and then, of course, carrying the football. Uh, there's, you know, a lot, there are a lot of, you know, you see those third down specialists, so to speak, running backs that come in because they're good at those two things, receiving and blocking, but maybe don't have that in between the tackles running ability. Uh, I don't, you know, I hope Dalvin can at least. Be serviceable as pass blocker. I For think what it's worth, this has
0: never be been perfect. something that I've pointed to before and been like, this right. guy sucks at pass blocking. It was just yesterday. It, it wasn't particularly. Well, and it,
1: it, I think it's fair to do when you offer the extension. You know, you bring up a good point there about the extension. Like, you know, this isn't something that's a huge deal for a guy that may or may not be on the team in the next year um, and someone that's being paid, I don't know what his salary was this year uh, prior to the extension, um, but – or I guess – but now you've committed all these dollars to this guy. You better hope he's serviceable and multifaceted and able to do different things. So and I I Don cook is still a, a, a superstar player. Like he's a top five runner of the football. Great receiver as well. Uh, the pass blocking is, is to be seen yet. Uh, it's not off to an awesome start in his career, I would say. But in terms of other running backs comparing him, he's up there and deserves the payday. It's just you, you, you don't want that to be something that you have to rely on is this pass blocking ever, which is, you know, that's where we're at with that's. This is the ultimate problem with paying running backs. We've gotten into this discussion now, and I didn't really want to do that today. But the ultimate discussion with paying running backs is they can be replaced so easily. And so I didn't love the extension there. But um, anyway, we're, we're off track here. The Vikings. Defense ultimately to me is the is the reason to blame, or is the culprit uh of this loss because of the third down conversions over and over and over and over being allowed uh throughout the game.
0: I'm not ready to push the Dalvin Cook sucks at pass protection narrative just yet, but I do want to keep a mindful eye on that moving forward, just because this that was a disaster yesterday. It wasn't just I mean, I guess it wasn't just him either. Madison was trash too. But anyways, something to keep an eye on, something
1: that you may not have heard on some yeah, of I mean, the show, right? Kirk, when he was in, in when the game was still in the balance, uh, the protection and the run blocking, too, run blocking was solid right throughout in those games or in those moments. And I think Kirk had plenty of time when the game was still in the balance. Uh, I, I just think you know, you have probably four or five drives to work with here before the game's out of hand because the defense just didn't stop anything yesterday. And uh, that was, and then you had, of course, the absolute worst time to go three and out and then the really bad interception that was pretty much to me the only flaw in Kirk's game yesterday with the exception depending on the decision making on that fourth and three if you want to blame that him, or maybe that was the hot read I don't know what the, the, the call is but you know other than that Kirk threw accurate balls he led that that solid first drive for a touchdown it's just uh, you know some things unraveled quickly for the Vikings I think it was sort of spearheaded and and sparked by the defense just not getting any stops
0: right right um i was just gonna say you know we know, we typically start these shows by evaluating the quarterback for the vikings and honestly like the evaluation that you just gave right there is pretty much as is, is what it is right now because it's hard to you know as yeah. you said multiple times it's hard to evaluate this performance in any other context yeah. other than the one we saw it in and realistically i don't see foresee that context ever you know at least this season i don't foresee it happening again i don't I don't think the Vikings are going to have a time management issue consistently throughout the season. That's not a major takeaway for me in terms of being concerned. Um, one thing that I will say, and I thought this was an interesting point, um, in our climbing the pocket, like group chat or whatever, Eric Eager, who works at PFF, said that the Vic- his opinion was that the Vikings' offense wasn't bad yesterday. It's just the organization of how the game kind of transpired was the real issue, right? Like the Vikings' three and outs came at the wrong time. And they weren't holding on to the ball at the right time. But if they had, like, if you reorganize their drives, it might look a lot better, right? Which is something, you know, something to keep in mind. I thought it was kind of a good yeah. point.
1: That I mean, it, here's the thing. We can we can talk about the offense however we want. Like this 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 offense has a ceiling, right? And I think you know you're not going to get 50 points in a game, scoring on every drive. That's just not happening, to, uh, in my opinion. And so you're going to have to get enough stops in your defense and the Vikings just weren't going to get them yesterday. So we can talk about the offense, but I just don't think it would have mattered if the Vikings had, you know, those couple of drives, maybe that let's say Kirk doesn't throw that interception. Let's say, uh, you know, they convert that fourth and three and score. I I don't know if the Vikings defense would have stopped the Packers anyway. You know, I think Packers just maintain that lead and they keep scoring because I don't see a stop happening in uh, any universe at that point.
0: I don't, Think there's many people listening to this show that would disagree with you on that, and I'm not going to either. Um, All right, so with all that said, we've kind of given an overview of both sides. I think we've made it clear that the two of us are at least putting this one on the defense and uh, multiple different aspects of the defense, which doesn't bode well moving forward. But you know, again, it's just week one; no reason to panic just yet. It's not a good loss. It's a honestly, it's a very bad loss in the current scheme of things. But we can still, it's the Packers.
1: It's the Packers. It's an NFC North rival. That's uh, That matters a lot. And it's, it's not like you know these next three games are all against AFC South opponents. Those losses will matter much less. Um, I'm not saying they'll lose all three, but I'm saying if they do, they will matter much less than this one. This one matters a lot. Uh, this yeah. is the, you know, so many people talked about last season, the missed opportunity about getting a first-round bye and all this stuff because of the division games. And you come out right away this season and do that. It's not great. It's not great. Not Packers great. have Packers have owned Minnesota in the last three, three games owned them.
0: Yeah, it's not uh it's not looking good in that regard. But <clears throat> all right. So let's wrap this thing up. Then uh, give me your three major takeaways here uh, from this game. Things that you're worried about carrying over uh, things that you saw that, you know, might give some indication as to what we may see uh, in the future here um, or just, you know, something that you know, caught your eye, caught your attention, and you think is worthy yeah. of going over here.
1: I'll 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 make, I'll keep these short and sweet. Uh, number one, pass rush has to get there. Has to get there. Very much missing Daniil Hunter and Everson Griffin uh, and Gakwe and Ifadi Odenabo and whoever else steps in there. Uh, defensive end has to be more efficient. Number two is the cornerback situation. I don't think it's going to get much better, uh, but I don't know if there's a way to just... I, I want to see that the line of scrimmage. I'd rather make the quarterback beat you with a perfect fade down the sideline right then an easy quick timing route that isn't disrupted at all so that's the next takeaway and i i would like you know and i'm no football coach but it seems like that's something you want to mix into your defensive packages is a little bit of uh you know throwing off some timing at the line of scrimmage and then number three adam Thielen is still elite there's no doubt about that uh he don't put up another big day and now granted couple of times maybe you could argue, especially that second one, garbage time, that second like touchdown. Uh, but guy still runs fabulous routes, still has the most reliable hands uh, maybe in the league. So he's still there, and uh, that's you know the one positive spin I have uh, on this game, which was otherwise very not fun to watch.
0: All right, so uh, of course I agree with every, the, the notes that you made, you know, the pass rush and the coverage are the very obvious points here. So I'll add a couple uh, – I'll add a couple – I'll add something unique into the mix, right? Number one, Cameron Dantzler had a very solid performance for his first game in the NFL, especially considering the circumstances. No preseason action. Basically, I believe yeah. he was actually the starter. He wasn't listed as the starter, but he was the first. He was one out the there on the first.
1: Yeah, I think so. So
0: he's asked, he was thrown into the fire and he was, his coverage was not perfect. Obviously, a lot of us will remember him getting, quote, burned by Felden Scantling on that, you know, that uh, pass down the seam. But overall, he was in position, right? And that's like, that's 90% of the battle as a cornerback. Now you just got to get him to turn his head around. And hopefully it doesn't take five years like it took Trey Waynes, right? So good first impression for me from Cameron Dantzler. On the flip side to that, not a whole lot of Jeff Gladney, right? Nine steps. Yeah, he didn't play, which was
1: weird. That was weird. I I don't know if there's, you'd seem like, you'd think in a game like that where the corners are getting toasted. Maybe throw him out there. Maybe try it, yeah.
0: How much worse could it really get? Um, other things here, Aaron Rodgers, really good at football still, by the yeah. way, <laughs> yeah. um, I think I, I'm part of this problem, but a lot of us have talked about the, um, the, the slow winding decrease of Aaron Rodgers talent. Well, it, it's still there and it's
1: the, the throw to the, the Adams and the, on the right side of the end zone there, I think it was the near side of the top. That was, I, I haven't seen much zip on a well that's probably a thirty or thirty five yard pass in the air. I haven't seen that much zip on a ball like that in a while. That was a that was a throw. That made me go, wow. And I'm hey, you can have that touchdown if you can throw that ball. Like that's fine. There's no defense for that. Yeah.
0: <laughs> it was right on the sideline too. I mean of course everyone's just screaming, there's no way, there's no way. And it's I mean like obviously like there it there is no way except if it's Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Uh and then part three here, we dragged on uh Delvin Cook a little bit for signing the big contract extension and, you know, not being a, you know, a superstar in every aspect of his game. How about Anthony Harris? Vikings just paid him a lot of money. He got roasted yesterday, roasted. It wasn't just the cornerbacks. It was Anthony Harris too. And the tackling for him too, unacceptable, right? I mean, you just asked, this is a guy who just got franchise tagged. He's asking for a huge contract. We all agree that he deserves it based off of what we saw last year. He can't start this year like that. It's the, same, it's the same argument for Dak Prescott, right? You're you're going to take the franchise tag. You're going to gamble on yourself. Well, you better play damn well. Otherwise, that contract exception, it might not come. So Anthony Harris, I mean, not good enough. And I mean, again, we could say that for just about every guy on defense not named Harrison Smith and Eric Kendricks. Anthony Barr wasn't good enough for his contract. I mean, Shamar Steffen might be the best game that I've ever seen him play, <laughs> but... I don't think he's particularly good. I mean, Mike Hughes, first round pick, not good enough. You know, Jaleel Johnson, definitely not good enough. Again, this is, that should be the title of this episode. Not good enough because that's what the Vikings defense was yesterday. And that's my final takeaway. So yeah. um, we'll wrap the show up on that. Um, I, I, I'm not I haven't. My optimism has not been completely deflated. But there are, there are some things here where the, if we get to week two and we see yeah. the same issues with pass rush and coverage. Here's the thing. Ooh, Vikings get
1: Philip Rivers week two. All right. If you that, that's a get right game. If you can't figure some you know what out against Philip Rivers uh, after what happened, especially ha- what happened Week 15 last year, you don't figure that out, then I'll be concerned. Then I'll be concerned because you know who's coming the next two weeks. You got the Titans, who are in the AFC Championship game last year, uh, and I have very high expectations for. And then you have probably a top five quarterback in the NFL in Deshaun Watson the following week. So. Uh, that could be, you know, if you don't win next week, 0 and four looks very realistic to me.
0: All right. I hope you didn't just speak that into existence, but I mean, I, dude, I have nothing to say. I I live with a Packers fan right now and I just walked home and I was like, I got nothing to say. It wasn't good. I mean, I don't know. So hopefully next week we'll be having you know, it'll be a different, uh, different discussion, more spirited in a, uh, different way, if you will. Uh, but until then, make sure to check out the rest of the climb in the Pocket Network. Um, check out Daily Norseman, of course. They have always have a ton of great content.
1: And we'll be back Thursday. Oh, that's right. Game. That's right.
0: That's a good point. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe I did mention this before, but we are to two episodes a week now. Um, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, great. Um, then you know that we're dropping on Tuesday, but Thursday is the other day. So we you can expect our Colts preview of Philip Rivers, who Drew just brought up a couple moments ago, and the rest of the Colts team. Um, Lost later. to the Jaguars. They did lose to the Jaguars. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. We will catch you next week or later on this week. I don't. Why am I still talking? I'm going to stop. <laughs>